Hello and welcome to The Falcon, a football podcast. I'm your host, Clarky. And joining me once again, as always, I've got Jesse. I'm back, baby. That's it, back from the grave. And I've also got Chris. Hello, I'm also back from the grave. I feel like I'm in a grave at the moment. Well, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about that off. We'll look after you, buddy. <laughs> I won't. This week, gen- this week, gentlemen, we've brought in a wonderful guest to help us talk about the Essendon Football Club. Now, that man's name is Tom Higgins. Tom, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thank you very very much for inviting me along. Now, Tom, you're the resident stats man. You're uh, someone who is very very well versed about their football. I'll specifically call out the the draft profiles that you gave us on draft night uh, as we were all watching live. Where Second to none, which is great for those of us who know and love you. Thank you. But I do want to ask you a more important question. And this week, Jesse, you lost your voice going to multiple concerts. Yes, I party too hardy. Um, I went to a few shows, went to a festival, which is something that somebody of my my tenor shouldn't be doing. Psychotic so at your age. I, it was abs- I was like the first person through the gate as well. And one of the last people to leave. Yeah, but that's because you're old. I so drink it takes so much as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was at the same Paramore gig that you went to as well, and I was seated because I am a man above thirty. My back does not have that in me. But that does lead me to ask you, Tom, what is the best concert that you've attended? I was not expecting this question on a footy podcast. To be honest with you, um, that's how we get them. It's it's really hard to think of. I can't get too specific. But I'm going to get very specific as well. <laughs> it's December 14th. It's a 42 degree day. Uh, sorry, December 14th, 2007. It is a 42 degree day. But the Daft Punk Live Tour is visiting Melbourne and they are at the Sydney Meyer Music Bowl. Um, we bought the cheapo tickets up on the grass. They didn't have a, a guy scanning the tickets to get into the seated area. So we got seven or eight of us in there. Uh, I can't quite describe how, you know, we all love music, but that, that night just was was a life changer, that one. Um, Daft Punk are a real, like, bucket list act to see. Absolutely. And, and nobody will ever see them again. Like, that's the, you got that, yeah. you got that in your pocket now that's like forever. <sighs> You're like, I've seen them. They, they don't do it anymore. And yeah. Alive 2007 as well, I still listen to that. Like, the album of that, yeah. still amazing. Like, it's still like a top tenner. I had my Spotify wrapped the other day. It's still right up there. That's excellent news. It's it's crazy. It's crazy stuff. I wish they did that um that thing that went around when they when they broke up, which was a few years ago. People were saying they should have passed the helmets on to like younger DJs. And just have the thing of like, why aren't they dead yet? Like they've been around for 140 years at this point. Why are Daft Punk still touring? That would have been amazing. Can I say something? That's gonna make everyone angry. Um, it it hasn't stopped you in like eight episodes so far, dude. <laughs> it's yeah, just, I just, I just <laughs> learned in, why in the, stop now. <laughs> why no? Why not? Twenty years ago, um, I just learned in the last two minutes that Daft Punk aren't together anymore. Um, and also the other thing I was gonna <laughs> oh, say. No. Is that uh, I haven't heard any other song apart from the. Up all night to get lucky, so. You know what? That doesn't make me angry, Chris. It actually makes me really excited because you have a whole back catalogue, mate, to go through, and it's just going to be like it's going to be like your December fourteenth, two thousand and seven. 
That's what it's going to be like. You're, you're very optimistic here. I would like to say that this should show how good of a man Tom is because my immediate thought was, Chris, I'm not a- I'm not angry. I am upset for you. Yeah, look, to see the good of Chris, you've got to be a pretty good person. But I do like the idea that Chris gets into Daft Punk and he becomes like a real club kid after this. No, but that's, that's a, thing, right? a really cool idea. Like, look, I, I know we're going on about Daft Punk a bit now, but Chris, this is... This is genuinely like this is like when someone told me to go and listen to Lincoln Park's older stuff because I fell off at um is it minutes to midnight when they or when they the when they did the Transformers song and they kind of got a bit rough and then someone said go listen to the stuff they made after that and I was like this is amazing this is your moment Chris like go back and listen to like that early stuff and you like that French electro dance sort of scene that they helped build you can hear the stuff in there now that's still influencing music today which is what makes them so timeless, even though they haven't really had, you know, like a million albums, that kind of thing. Their legacy goes a lot deeper than that. As somebody who know, who's known Chris for quite a while, too long, some would say, um, <laughs> and, and knows his musical taste, you guys are absolutely barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> Holy shit. Chris loves some awful music. <laughs> they started as a punk band, so you can still see elements yeah. of that through there. Um, I don't know. You just you might like it, Chris. It might be feel good, feel good, Chris Tuesdays or something. <laughs> and sometimes you can good. just appreciate something for it. <laughs> Chris, once again, <laughs> we'll get you some help, mate. <laughs> it's a conversation that's broader than what we can cover on this football podcast. I also like for- in Chris's depression era that he's in. On the camera that we're recording through, you're just great. The lo- yeah, the yeah, camera looks like he's in a tomb. Chris. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know what happened there. Depression. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking a lot about depression tonight. Oh, yeah. Yes. Depression's in <laughs> Well, that's. Thank, thank you, Tom, for providing us with the segue because, as I mentioned at the top, we're here to talk about the Essendon Football Club. Now, we do have our resident Essendon supporter, Jesse, as he holds up his 92 Premiers yeah. t shirt. 93, please. Mm, 93 90. Premiers. That's the Baby Bombers right there. The three. At the three. Yeah. Well, either way. <laughs> Whatever works. Yeah, that's fine. Looks like a two from... Anyway, that's the camera. That's on me. Anyway. It does. I'll give you that, Clarky. It does look like a two. So old. I know, right? I'm thinking like... Even thinking about 92, the year I was born made me feel disgusting. And seeing somebody referred to as a baby in 93 was like, oh, God. They'd be 30 now. No, the most boobery part of that was uh, 92. No, no, actually, we went in 93. No, nah, I think it's the 92, mate. <laughs> Pretty short sure T-shirt knows. <laughs> um, Tom, why yes. do you go for the Essendon Football Club? I don't value mental health. <laughs> is, the, is the short answer. Um, uh, but but seriously, um, family. I mean, my my dad's originally from Queensland. My mum uh, Maltese, so from that Mediterranean background. Dad, when Dad moved down here, they didn't really know anything, and he lived kind of close to Windy Hill. So that was it. And um, everyone in my family kind of, well, everyone in my immediate family kind of goes for Essendon in their own varying degrees. Unfortunately, I was bitten the hardest, and I, I'm I'm too loyal as well. There's plenty of opportunities to jump off, but I also grew up in the '90s, so I'm a mid '80s kid uh, when I was born. And you know, I think my first game uh, that I properly remember was actually at the G. Um, and it was early on in the season. I think it was about six or seven. Uh, we were against Melbourne, 
was having a sh- it was, I was having a shit time. I remember just thinking, this is why am I here? Why do I actually enjoy watching this game? Because we were down by eight goals at three quarter time. We ended up winning by a point, which was an amazing first game to go to. And my the history of me watching Essendon through that period was full of amazing experiences and amazing games. So um, that was the first time I remembered. I remember going to the Essendon rooms, I think, after a win against West Coast in, I want to say, 94. Um, I had the number two on my back, obviously, for the very silky smooth mover that was Mark McCurry. Back then, he was my favourite player, and he actually, I got him to sign, and he wrote, you legend, <laughs> signed number two, Mark McCurry, just right in the middle of the number two. Uh so that was a prized possession for a long time until uh, an ex-girlfriend's sister got a hold of it for those primary school footy days and I never saw it again, uh, which is devastating still to this day, many, many years later. That's horrible. We have a, we have a mission, boys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, she actually ended up, she, tent- she taught my nephew, that, that sister taught my nephew uh, last year. Um, and did she have the jumper? Like, what? What the he fuck, never bro? worked up the he never worked up the courage to ask. I'd be at the school. Yeah, I mean, Tom, I'm, I'm not leaving true. it to the nephew. True. I'd be at true. the school. I'm assuming she didn't teach him how not to steal. No, mm, no, she didn't. Crime, she didn't. Interesting. Yeah, so it was um, devastating. Almost as devastating as the amount of like fully naked professional athletes I saw as a seven year old in those rooms because they did not give a fuck. They were just walking around. They had the kids in front of the showers. I saw Simon's naked. Wait, yeah, our favorite new segment. Rate that dick. All right. <laughs> yes, I mean all of them, man. Like they were all just there, and I just wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, trying not just trying to look anywhere. But core memory here. Uh, but anyway, exactly. So that's you know that's kind of like supporting Essendon. <laughs> You want to look, but you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't really look as well. Um, I I didn't expect this to become a. What's the most famous Essendon dong you've seen? Essendon. Essendon. Talk about Dick Reynolds. Probably oh, back then. Who was it? I remember being astounded at how tall Paul Salmon was. That's all I'll say on that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> so my ni- the 90s of watching Essendon for me were, were fully loaded, basically. I got, um, yeah. I did, not we- expect, I did not expect this podcast episode to become an erotic novel. Yeah, this is this is not the direction that I, I'm, I'm happy for it. Tom but- Higgins, an erotic life. <laughs> uh, and then an even wilder story uh, was... was Back in 93, again, that baby bomber's here. You've worn a, the perfect shirt for this, Jesse. Um, let's say a certain A-list friend of the Falcon podcast uh, invited myself, my dad, and my, my three sisters, who were all Mad Essendon supporters back then, um, to Witten Oval out in Footscray uh, to watch the Essendon Footscray match but also meet Mel Gibson, who was going to be sitting with us, supposedly. We rock up, very excited. Uh, Turns out Mel is away with the high-profile friend of the podcast sitting up in the stands. Uh, So we have to go buy our own tickets. Now, Chris, you probably know, but Widden Oval is not the best place 
to be <laughs> to a shit to watch off. the footy, but b to be yeah exactly <laughs> um, to be anyone but a a bulldog supporter. Um, so we you know we we'll, we trekked all the way out there, bought our tickets, we sat down. A minute into the game, uh, there was a huge, big like bulldogs guy. Just picture picture a fat Danny Southern with a bit more hair. Basically, if you guys remember who that is, um, who just started yelling, like constant screaming, 100 decibels. Uh, poor me, who's sitting there, you know, seven or eight years old, gets an ear infection from, from this guy yelling behind us. Got to the point where his wife stood up and said, you're giving the poor kid an ear infection. Shut up. Took off her wedding ring and just threw it at his chest and walked off. We lost the game as well, which was which was terrible. Um, but I, I I was out of it. I was out of it for like two weeks. I had to wear a special beanie that covered my ear at school. It was just this whole it was this whole thing. And I've never been to Whitnoval again, nor will I ever go to Whitnoval again. So, uh, and then apart from that, you know, we had things like the '95 semi-final against uh, Richmond, which I walked out of in tears. And I think that was the first. I was so used to winning. I'd only seen one loss before that, but I was so used to winning. I was, I was about nine at this stage um, that I I basically cried so much that I turned the Yarra brown. Like it was, <laughs> it was disgusting. Um, and I've never forgiven Richmond supporters till this day. Uh, I remember a particular one who had just like two darts either side of his mouth <laughs> going nuts. Uh, top of the Yeah, top of the uh, southern stand. Um just absolutely giving it to every Essendon supporter after the game, including me, a poor little nine-year-old kid with my now lost number two Mark McCurry mm. jumper on, beanie, half an ear hanging off. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was a very long-winded way of describing why I, for some reason, love this stupid club that I that I love. <laughs> I'd um, look, Tom, with all due respect, yes. I've heard some memories. <laughs> I think... Half of one was good, and then multiple involved childhood trauma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's—I mean, really—that's what Essendon gives you to this day. For one, um, <laughs> if anyone's listening to this in a court case um, years from now, uh, please like and subscribe with the Falcon Footy um, on Spotify and iTunes. Please leave us a review. Uh, secondly, we're probably still alive. We're fifty percent, and we've heard about hanging dong, Mel Gibson, double parking cigarettes, divorces, and ear infections. This is very good. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I give a can I give a quick fun fact? Because it's yeah, not often that go, I you know what, go. It's not often that I get to bring this fun fact up. I've actually played a game Who's of big juicy. <laughs> I've actually played a game of football on Windy Hill. Oh well, yeah. I mean, go on. Did feel you... free to explain that. Yeah, it was uh, year twelve <laughs> footy <laughs> grand final. <laughs> Chris, Chris, I, I love you to pieces. But when you say I've got a fun fact, you drop the fact, and and everybody goes, "Huh? Be ready, be ready to continue the story." Like you, you got the hooks. No, 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 no. You, that was the fact. Your secrets. <laughs> no, um, was it? it was year tw- year twelve footy. Uh, grand the grand final was held at Windy Hill. All the other games were at like the school ovals. That's the footy fields, but the grand cool. final was at Windy cool. Hill. Yeah, and we get to we got to get ready in the actual change rooms and then run out, and yeah, it was it was awesome. We we lost, and it was. You saw Paul Simon's penis. He was still there. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But uh, yeah, it was pretty uh, windy. Uh, fun I fact. Yeah, it was incredibly windy. Aptly named. Yeah, fun fact. Did, aptly did, named. Did you win? <laughs> no, we lost. Hey, that'll happen. The, the true <laughs> Essendon experience. Absolutely. <laughs> now, all you need to do is the Lawn Bowls Club to hurry you along your way, and you're all set. That's the experience. <laughs> now, Tom, I yes. want you to tell me about some of your favorite players, past, present, some of the people that brought you joy and happiness. Well, the entire change room, obviously. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> But no, the Paul uh, Salmon himself. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, I originally had the number three on my back for Paul Salmon. Uh, that was obviously replaced. Um, oh, you're in the change I would never. You took it off. Yeah. Uh, before then, because I realised I'd never be two metres tall. Um, but already mentioned Mark McCurry, probably one of the best Essendon players I've ever seen. Um, just such a smooth mover. He could kick off both feet. Beautiful handballing tough as well, like one of those real inner West kind of kids that Essendon produced around those times. Um, just, you know, uncompromising. Found the ball, could motor away from packs. Just beautiful. Really, the the real 1999 Brownlow medal winner. Get out of here, Shane Crawford. <laughs> dickhead. Um, so he was pro- he's probably my favourite of all time, um, I would say. Current players, people that, that might be a little old for, for most, but uh, probably Sam Durham yeah. at the moment. Yeah. The current. I like he's Durham. Not, he's not the best player, but he tries. And for a long time, Essendon hasn't had that. So it was, you know, it was pretty immediate from that mid-season draft a couple of years ago when he came in. Uh, he, was the, he was the one trying the most, um, which was amazing. He, he's improved a lot over the last 18 months as well. Um, obviously, that massive Dreamtime oh, winner so last year, which was well, this season, which was fantastic. Um, can also take a grab. Like for a bloke that's basically a stick figure, you know, can jump and, and take a great pack grab, which is fantastic. Um, obviously, you love your Zach Merritt. Uh, tough at it, incredibly skillful, beautiful left foot. Um, and yeah, I like Nick Martin as well. I like the guys that try, I like the guys that have kind of pulled them up pulled themselves up from the, the bootstraps. And, and we haven't had them for a while. We haven't. We really haven't. So, like, even Merritt was, what, pick 27, yeah. I think. Um, and we haven't really had that grit that, you know, Essendon was kind of known for in the, the 80s and 90s. We haven't had that for a good God, 19, 20 years now. Every now and then we'll get a player that will come through the hat, but the rest of the team will just, like, stamp it out of them. A hundred percent. Like, that's that's what they do. They take them out the back and they beat it out of them. As is the Essendon way. As is the Essendon way. Undocumented. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into that as well. No, 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 well, no need for that. <laughs> look, while we're on the subject of the Essendon way, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Jesse. Jesse, why don't you take us through some team vibes? Oh, okay. We're jumping straight into the team vibes. So, team vibes. I'm looking at the song. I'm looking at your uh, your logo, your mascot, and your famous supporters, and kind of in the same way with Collingwood. For such a, uh, a kind of storied club, there aren't that many interesting stories. Uh, which, <laughs> well, they all came from Tom. Thanks. I, said, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, yes, there was, there was that one. There was like an interesting story that happened a few years ago, but sorry about that. Doesn't, doesn't matter. That, that, that stays in the court. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's start with Song. Okay. Song is based on a Joni Hamp's 1929 song, Keep Your Sunny Side Up. Um, it's just a, a faster version of it. It was rewritten by Kevin Andrews while he was living with teammate Jeff Gamble. 
And they just heard the song on the TV and started singing it. I'm assuming they were drunk at the time because I like to sing when I'm drunk, as told by my lost voice for a few weeks. There was always a line in the song that confused me. The other teams, they don't fear. That always struck me as a little bit too charitable to other teams. That's a typo. They fucked up. They, they've come out and said, no, we, we fucked up. It's meant to be the other teams we don't fear, which makes a thousand times more sense. So if Essendon wants to uh, fix that, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very much welcome to it. What do you guys think of the Essendon theme song? It, I think it's a pretty basic one. I think, I, to be honest, I don't think it's anything too special. Isn't it? I, always, is, I didn't realize that was a typo because the way that it sounds is just that Essendon don't fear the other teams because kind of see the Bombers fly up, up the other teams they don't fear. They being Essendon don't fear. I think it can be taken that way, but I think the more common way of, of taking it is the other teams aren't scared of us, which I mean for the last 20 years, fair enough. Okay, so they haven't changed it for accuracy reasons. No, no, no. We don't do <laughs> yeah. that. Okay. We don't keep records and change I like things. it. I think it's a good song. Thank you. I'd have uh, a top three, but I'm a, I might be a little bit biased. Top three's a little generous, but I understand your bias and accept it. You just have the Chris music taste, Clarky. So, <laughs> <laughs> you the Daft Punk. Look, I have it. <laughs> I have it like middle of the road. It's a mid tier. What's a top song. tier? Let's 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 discuss uh, this. Well, top tier. Mm. No. Top tier is and as much as it. <laughs> no. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> no. Can we go back here, please? <laughs> Chris, no. come on, mate. Talking about Larry. <laughs> Look, it's an okay song that's been overblown by social media. You fucking boomer cunt. What? <laughs> oh, man. What are you saying? <sighs> Sorry, Jesse. I just sighed very that's loudly. That's fine. No, I'll, I'll keep that in. Apologies. Um. It's, the, it's the chicken nuggets of AFL songs. Oh, Christopher. Christopher, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? What are you talking about chicken nuggets now? Keep dragging things down then with you. Come on. Come on. Let's drag everything down to the bottom of the barrel where you let you roam, you fucking slime ball. This is no longer about you, Chris. Sidebar. Sidebar. I need, yeah. No, no, no. Clarky, fuck that. What Sidebar is, for both of them. Yeah. Clarky, we need to get rid of Chris. We need to replace him with something. Do you think Tom might be available? There's a pile of fucking ham. Something like Chris's ham. Chris is basically okay. what I am anyway. All right. Let's work backwards. Let's, let's work backwards from here. What do you have against chicken nuggets? <laughs> you and I have had this conversation before. Not recorded. Years ago. Not recorded. <laughs> Tom was in a room Don't. full of naked men, and yet this is the most controversial part of this episode. So you better have a bit of better fucking, a pretty fucking good reason to eat nuggets. No, no. See, you always take this the wrong way. I'm not saying nuggets are bad. I'm not saying I don't like them. They're They're fine. But my issue with chicken nuggets is that you eat a nugget on its own, it's bland. The condiments are doing all the heavy lifting there. It's a, yeah, it's they're a, called it's, instruments in music. It's a mi- not drums. Drums are bland. Wait, it's drums are nuggets. Chris, Chris, wait, no, my focus is no longer on you. Clarky, what the fuck did you? <laughs> what? <laughs> so he's saying he's saying the GWS song is bland. Is that that's what I'm hearing? No, I'm saying that one, it's of, an one o- of the first original. <laughs> AFL songs. Hey, what does Essendon have to do with this? I I actually have some notes on the Essendon theme song. <laughs> if we want to just buy, I have some notes on chicken nuggets, but we'll get to it in a moment. Chris, just just quickly, <laughs> what I'm saying is the GWS theme song is an okay song that's been overblown by social media. 
All right, okay. How? Same as chicken nuggets. Chris, what is a good football song? So, as much as it pains me to say it, the Richmond theme song is a top tier theme song. I can agree yeah, with that. Right. Yeah, disagree it's, it's with a me. Gold Fuck standard. you, Jesse. No, <laughs> uh, you're you're right. Because if, if you if, literally if you said Western Bulldogs or something like that, I'm like you're no drinking. Our like, theme song is drunk. so bad that for some reason in our home games we run out onto the ground to lose yourself by Eminem. <laughs> That's how bad our theme song is. <laughs> You guys need to remix it so it's not about Mum's Spaghetti, it's about Mission Tacos. <laughs> Keep it on brand because you guys need the money. <laughs> no, we, we recorded a net positive in the last 12 months. It's because Bontempelli got that payout for that um, cash converter ad. That's true. <laughs> oh, well, the cash converter Anyway, back to Essendon. Back to the vibes. Back from Chris's bad vibes to Essendon's okay vibes, okay? <laughs> the most baffling thing I've heard in my entire life, by the way, Chris. All Can I just that. point out? This is what we do, what Jesse and I do as Essendon supporters. Deflection. We deflect. Mm, yeah. We deflect. <laughs> so I'm really just trying to give you the the uh, an authentic experience inside the mind this is, of an Essendon supporter. Tom and I have been, pre- been preparing this for weeks, actually. Um, you can refer to us as Jess and Tom. Um, <laughs> we've, we've really set up a, like, a bit of a team defense, something that the club itself hasn't been able to do for a while. Has not been able to do. That's no, two. No all ground defense. Yes. That's two Essendon <laughs> name puns. I would like to say, I've got, I do have a note here on the, uh, the Bombers theme song. Goes ham on the interlude. I've always yes. been a fan of the interlude. Yes, it does. Uh, gets a little bit of a dance going. And I think the lyrics are generally uplifting. Typical to Essendon team. We do have a pretty good third quarter, um, but does fall apart in the end. So everything's quite reflective. But yeah. back to, I guess I guess you were right at the start, Clark. I guess I will talk about the history of the football club a little bit. The club itself was born in 1872 at a local brewery slash, uh, near a local brewery slash hotel. Uh, it was formed as a junior club. I mean, they could play a few more players against senior teams. Uh, in 1873, the first game was recorded as being played against Carlton. We won. Get fucked, Carlton. Uh, as for the mascot, we do have the second oldest um, mascot slash emblem in the league after St. Kilda, which surprised me. I didn't think, didn't think St. Kilda was going to be the oldest, but there you go. We've had a few nicknames. We were called the same olds for a long, long time. It's because they kept winning. So if somebody basically said, hey, who's going to win the flags? People would say the same old Essendon. And that became a bit of a hook, and it was used a lot in like print media and stuff like that. Um, since then, we had a bunch more. We had the, the Sash Wearers and the Essendonians. I'm glad they didn't stick around. The one that obviously stuck around was the Bombers. Uh, that sort of paid homage to how close we were to Essendon Airport where they were making bomber planes during World War II. Um, uh, mainly the, the Beaufort Bombers were made at Melbourne Airport or flown out of Melbourne Airport during the war. Now, I want to touch on something that happened, I think it was this year, the controversy about changing the name from the Bombers because if you read the paper also followed certain people on social media. That is like, it's the bloody, bloody woke lefties don't want to be called the Bombers anymore. No, that annoyed me so fucking much. The club just asked, hey, what do you think about the name? They didn't say they're going to change it. They wanted people's opinions. Learn some fucking reading comprehension. It made me so angry. I can't remember exactly who, but it was a pundit on a footy panel show who went, oh, Essendon have started consulting people about their name and logo because clubs refresh their name and logo pretty regularly. Yeah. And then this person uh, was just like, 
oh well yeah it'd be a shame if they got rid of the bomber because the like bombing planes are insensitive and then it's probably it, luke like Darcy. it caught it caught like wildfire i can't remember exactly who yeah. but I'll, I'm, I'm gonna do some background research i might say, say that again that. it was probably luke darcy oh, no one got the reference Oh, I got it. I there got it. It's go. just still it's still too to way too soon, Chris. <laughs> like a ball plane <laughs> over my head, that one. Um they also I mean the the mascot itself, despite us being called the bombers, we did have a plane for mascot for a while, but we have a mosquito is probably the most well known actual, you know, costume wearing mascot that we have at the ground. Um Skeeter Reynolds, the mosquito named after Dick Reynolds, uh, who uh Tom saw part of in the showers. Mainly the first part. Uh, and the mosquito part is the mosquito fleet. Uh, we had a really short <laughs> group of players between uh, 1923 and 1924. They were all between 160 to 167 centimeters tall. So they would have been looking up to Tony Liberatore. Uh, that was Charlie Hardy, George Shorten. Oh, that's an unfortunate name. Jack Garden, <laughs> Jimmy Sullivan. Jack Garden is because of where they found him. Jimmy Sullivan, Vince Irwin, and Frank Maha. Famous supporters. Oh, um, a, a mixed bag to say the least. Nick Giannopoulos. Okay. He's all right. Steve Irwin, legend. King of the animals. Samuel L. Jackson. Can you believe that, Christopher? Samuel L. Jackson. Peter Garrett, sure. But then also known cunt, Andrew Bogut. So it really does equal out a little bit, which I think does represent us as a the Essendon community a fair bit. Mainly pretty good people, but with some dickheads in there. Uh, we, 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 Tom, we can admit that, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tom, I do have a question for you. After the unpleasantness, we'll call it, after the, yeah, all that, do you, how do you think we've changed as sort of a, a fan base? Then we probably have... Um, Every one of us would have PTSD around filing cabinets, yep. I would suggest. Um, I think it, it's interesting. I was actually thinking about this a few months back. Um, I think the extremes on either end have gone more extreme. So the dickhead SNN supporters still yell and shout about the suspensions and about how unfair they were, uh, whereas the ones who kind of accepted that we did something wrong have almost become somewhat meek in their acceptance of it, especially in abuse from, you know, whether that's lighthearted or, or serious abuse, uh, you know, across many of the forums that I'm sure we all visit. Um, and just kind of accepting of it and trying to, you know, placate, uh, you know, still that kind of anger that is bubbling around the AFL community. Um, so, but as a club, I think we've gotten more, um, for, for the most part, you know, people like you and myself, Jesse, probably got a bit more circumspect um, you know, we've taken the uh, the reality of the last, you know, 20-odd years and, and really examining it through the lens of the saga as such. Um, we'd built a bloody good team when that happened. Um, we had we had a, a really good midfield. We had a solid defence. Um, we were coached decently well, but we had some real X factor in the forward line. Uh, you know, we, we were going to be pushing around that time. Um, and then it all just fell apart and the world literally just fell out of the bottom of the club. I was you know, happy to admit this. I was going through a really personal, uh, a tough time personally at that time. And it was, it was devastating to me that, um, one of my major escapes 
you know, this this football club that I had loved since I could remember, uh, kind of, it's not the right word, but had abandoned me during a time when I needed it the most. Um, so there, there was a lot of anger there from me uh, towards the club as well. And I'm, I think that happened to a lot of Essendon supporters. Um, I think the fact that there wasn't really apologies forthcoming as such angered me a little bit more as well. But then again, there were no positive drug tests. We were punished in the end for governance. ultimately not keeping records. Yeah, it was governance in the end. Um, so you can kind of, again, look at look at the no apology really through that lens. Um, and, you know, the whole I'm, I'm shocked to be here uh, situation. Really, James? You shouldn't be, mate. Um, but, yeah, and then... I don't know. I think as a whole, sorry, I, I went in a really roundabout way around that question, but I think as a whole, um, the SM fan base has has become a little more circumspect, but also at the same time unaccepting of failure as well. Um, there's there there is there's there's anger out there. Um, you know, we are one of the youngest teams in the competition. Well, actually with the with the recruitment we've taken um, on this off-season. Off-season champs again. Hell baby. yeah. So, thank you. Uh, but I think we're now like the, the 12th, uh, no, the 6th youngest team, whereas last year we were the 2nd youngest Goldies, team. Goldies, 800 Goldies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think there is, there's more of a pressure for immediate results now, as we can see through the whole uh, truck debacle uh, a couple of years ago. Um and we really don't want lame ducks around the footy club anymore. Do you, do you think that that is, as you were saying, is, is it saying that this is residual from the saga? Like it's still, well, you guys kind of need to find a way to make it up to us because obviously it's been, you know, over a decade now. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit. Sorry, sorry. No, no, that's all right. I was going to say, so do you feel like as a supporter, like you – put that harsher lens on Essendon yourself and go, well, look, really, we need to be there, guys. Like, this is where it needs to be. Or do you think that enough time has passed that it should have just naturally, like the curve, you know, as it is for all football teams, the curve should have come back around already? Uh, from a personal point of view, I I think we should be there, but I'm also incredibly patient. Um, and I understand, you know, rebuilds aren't linear. So, you know, it's, we all know it. Look at Melbourne. Um they made a prelim, then missed the finals. Geelong, even as well, same situation. Um, we we are getting there. What I'm most disappointed about at the moment is the um, the turmoil at the board level. Uh, like it's unacceptable to have Kevin Sheedy, a, a legend of the Get club, him out of there. Delivered us, yeah, like delivered us four flags. And by the way, if you're an Essendon member, they are having, uh, they're, they're voting at the moment, um, so you can vote Kevin Sheedy out if you if you so feel that way. Do it. Um, but to come out and say, I didn't vote for Brad Scott. I wanted um, James Hurd. Like, what are you what are you doing, man? You know what I mean? Like, and that filters down through the club. Um, you're a drunk old soz that just <laughs> needs to get the fuck out of here. Man. And like I went to school with his son. He was a nice dude back then. He used to always tip his hat to you when he saw you in the in the, the school and everything. But yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if I answered your question just then. Um, but no, it's look for me. It's the fascinating thing about having all these guests is I, I enjoy understanding 
sort of what it's like from your perspective, you know, because it's easy for me as an outsider to go like, oh, well, you know, I feel this way, this way and this way because I don't have the emotional attachment, right? Like it's um, it's really easy for anyone outside of those to go, oh, well, maybe Essendon fans are just like for me, I'm like, well, are they expecting like a lot? Like, you know, like you said, my, my brother is an Essendon supporter um, and he falls into the category that you were talking about before where he's kind of meek, you know, like every year I ask him, oh, how do you think you guys will go this year? And it's always ends up me being more positive than him where he's going, oh, nah, look, you know, I'm not expecting too much. We'll just do what we can. Making finals would be good. And I'm just like, oh, well, you know, I think, you know, there's always a chance it can come together. And it's like, well, you've been doing this for 10 years now, mate. Like, I think one of the, the hard parts about that whole saga for me, like, because I, I remember the morning that it happened and they said, you know, it was a big club. And since they said it's a big club, you, I knew it was Essendon. And being one of the big clubs, obviously, before that, were very easy to hate club, like, you know, like your Carlton's and Collingwood's and stuff like that. So when that happened, it wasn't just, you couldn't just turn the TV on because you just can see Essendon and stuff. And it wasn't, you couldn't just talk about Essendon. You couldn't talk about football with people because the moment they found mm-hmm. they were Essendon, they went for the jugular and it got really old really quickly. Because, like, you can make fun of somebody's football club, as we all do. Mm-hmm. But to sort of cheer on the destruction of her club was a, was yeah. a lot, and people got like a lot of glee out of that. And I think, I mean, for myself, it was really kind of isolating being an, an AFL supporter at that time, which is why we've become probably really meek because we know the moment we we get successful, people will just come for us again. It's like, oh my god, it's that PTSD again. Um, or if you yeah, if you're talking too 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 cocky about stuff, people will shut you down. It's like getting really defensive about it. it. It it changed how I think people's minds worked in relation to football. We're starting to see, I think, the first proper sort of green shoots happen. It feels like a new club. As much as I was very, very unsure about Brad Scott, I used to absolutely detest him as a coach. Um, I mean, when he got called up as as their coach, I got messages from people. I got a message from the dude who cuts my hair, Neil, and he's like, "Fuck shit." <laughs> Like, because two <laughs> days prior to that, I've been—I was, I was in there getting, getting my hair cut, and I was like, "Not oh, Brad Scott, can't be Brad Scott. He's a dickhead. Of course not. Can't be him." <laughs> I think he's been a really, really good, good for the club. I think Zach Merritt's like kind of no nonsense approach to stuff. The club wants to start again, and I, I think we could almost start hoping again soon. Yeah, give it a few years. It's we're now at a point where the, the saga is behind us. Yes, and we we don't owe anyone anything now. You know, Dyson Heppel is the last player on the books from the whole saga. Um, he was a great captain during it. He was the exact captain yes. that we needed, just going what you were saying uh, about Zach Merritt before, Jesse. But Zach Merritt is now the captain that we need yeah. as well. We need someone to lead by the front, lead by example, um, whereas, whereas Dyson was more of a, a laid-back, approachable captain um, because we didn't have that during the saga. So I, I think he helped the, kind of the, 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 the personable side of the club. A fair bit. 100%. Um, 100%. Yeah. But yeah. Also, I've, I've met him a couple of times. Lovely, lovely cool guy. Cool dude. Great uh, hair. Just to meet him. A fantastic. Dreadlocked yeah. Dyson Heppel. Cultural appropriation. Who cares? <laughs> um, <laughs> what I will say, though, it, it sounds like I'm being very negative. I, Like Jesse was saying, we're seeing the green shoots. It's fantastic to, to see. As you know, as you guys know, as you touched on earlier, I love watching the draft. I love watching all of our kids coming through. Um so, you know, to answer the question that you asked your brother, Clarkie, um, 
realistically, I'd love to see eight wins this coming season. We'll get into that a bit later, obviously, but um, we're we're going to get there in the end. Um, I just don't think you'll see incredibly arrogant Essendon supporters if we do a flag. No, 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 no. You won't see it from me then. You'll see it from me, Kay. I'm not going to talk about these little minnow clubs, Western Bulldogs and Melbourne, absolute dirt between our toes, Okay. I think it's um I think it's a testament to the club though that you guys even throughout all of this right and you know a period of relatively like long long times between drinks right like it's it's a testament to Essendon that you guys are still so relevant culturally to what football is right and there's there's something I think to be proud of in that where it's like yeah no Essendon not that good right now like you know middle of the table kind of thing but people still one of the first football clubs you think of, right, when you think of AFL. It's in, like, probably the first three that I think of. It's because we have a great song, despite what Chris says. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, speaking of Chris, <laughs> speaking of Chris and his <laughs> horrific opinions, uh, Chris, why don't you take us on a trip down happy memory lane? Down happy memory lane. All right, Tom. So we're going to talk a little bit about Essendon's premiership history, which obviously is... Happy memory lane because quite a successful club in that that department. Um, so yeah, most famously, equal most premierships in VFL AFL history, tied at sixteen with Collingwood and Carlton. You've done the the, the three most successful clubs in a row, haven't you? Yes, yes, we have. Um, personally, I don't I don't count Collingwood because that should have been an advantage. Interesting little fun fact that I found while I was while I was researching your premiership history. Uh, you've won back-to-back premierships on four separate occasions, which is pretty crazy. 1911-1912, uh, then 1923-1924, 1949-1950, and then 1984-1985. As we mentioned earlier, most recent grand final win was in the year 2000 when you beat Clarkie's Demon Boys by handy 60 points. Yes. And, uh, we made it there by accident and you proved it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I'd like to focus for a bit. So let's cast your mind back to the 2nd of September 2000. Clarky, you can go get a drink or go to the toilet or something. It was a cloudy grand final day. The sun was trying to peek through. The weather was a nippy 16.6 degrees. Uh, the pre-match entertainment was The Idea of North, which is an Australian a cappella vocal ensemble founded in Canberra in 1993 who described themselves as, and I got this quote exactly from their website because it's still there, a quintet of musicians serious about their music without taking themselves too seriously. The idea of North was actually the first thing on the whiteboard when they were coming up with Tasmania teams. <laughs> <laughs> um, more impressively, the national anthem was sung by Bachelor Girl, who probably should have just performed yeah. as well. Um, now, sadly, there was no grand final sprint to report on this time, as between the years 1988 to 2002, the AFL opted for alternative halftime entertainment which was a terrible idea. Uh, the coin toss was won by David Neitz, and we were treated to a commentary team of Bruce McAvaney, Sandy Roberts, Jason Dunstall, Jared Healy, Malcolm Blight, Tony Lockett, Anthony Hudson, and Robert Dippier Domenico, which is a great Wait, lineup. How old is Hutto? Yeah, I was very surprised that he was on there. Because in my head, Hutto's like 45. Yeah. Which was he like, was he like the work experience kid here? I think it might have been his first few seasons. Mm. I used to work in a candle store. Um, that's right, a candle store. And I sold Anthony Hudson his wedding candle in 2004. And he was known then 
So I reckon he was probably what 27, 28 back then. So he'd be about he'd be about he's, fifty now, wouldn't he? He's fifty two wow. now. I think. He's 52. not fifty two. Jesse, I think we also just forget how old we are. Fuck you. Remind <laughs> <laughs> me. Uh, yeah, born now- in seventy one, so fifty two. Now, Tom, on that uh, two thousand grand final, I'm just keen to hear about kind of what are your memories, both of the game itself and of the day. Like, did you attend? Um, it was your first flag since 93, so I'm guessing it probably would have been the first one that you were kind of really old enough to be able to kind of soak in the whole the whole feeling of it and, and the whole day. So what was the day for you? What do you remember from the game? What are, you, what are your memories from that day? You're a sweet summer child, Chris. <laughs> uh, I vividly remember 93. I was born in 85. You, so You were only uh, eight. I, I, yeah, well, seven technically, but I... Wore out the VHS within a couple of years for the 93. But uh, 2000 was, um, I thought 2000 was a bit of a weird game, if I'm being brutally honest with you. we were Going in, I was excited, but I wasn't because we were dominant um, and Melbourne didn't have a chance. Uh, and it's, it's a weird thing to say as an Essendon supporter, but, that, but that's how we used to think as well. Um, it was, what was the final margin, did you say? 60 points. It was 75 to 135. Yeah, it was 60, yeah. 60 points, I remember. It was It was the closest 60-point game you've ever seen. <laughs> like, we didn't, we never really put our foot on the accelerator. Um, so it was quite hard to, to get excited. It was just like, it was methodical. I feel like winning... Mm. The final siren went. It was a celebration of the year because, like, what a year it was. Yes. Not of that game because that game was excessively boring. And it was, I think we knew we were going to win the flag at about round 14. Yeah. I even before, oh, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was a boring game. I don't know. There's, there's like, obviously, I'm ecstatic we won. Uh, it was a fantastic way, as Jesse said, to cap off the, you know, the most dominant year that the AFL has ever seen. Um, but yeah, I can't like honestly. If you asked me minute by minute details, can't tell you that much about it. Well, just quickly on that year because it was a very dominant year. Uh, how many games did you lose again? We lost one to a. <laughs> Who was that to? It was a, a dogged doggy side, I believe. Um, <laughs> how many games did the doggies win that year? I yeah, how many? Yeah, they wouldn't have won <laughs> many. But we but won I an important one. A, the grand final? No, you that did. was Essendon yeah. that won that. Chris, we're doing the Essendon. The, AFL, <laughs> the AFL community thanks you for that, by the yeah. way. Uh, the game we had to lose. <laughs> the way I took that, though, is you had this really old school kind of funky coach who literally had to change the game to beat Essendon. Who was our coach at that point? Was it Terry Wallace or Rodney Ead? I think it was Terry Wallace. Yep. I think it was yeah. Terry Wallace um, who literally created the flood to beat Essendon. So you had 36 players in our forward 50 basically at all times. They had to ruin football to beat us. Yeah. <laughs> Jose Mourinho probably got parked the bus from <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, I was furious at the time, but looking back, I'm like, well, they've actually changed the fabric of the game to stop you know, a pretty dominant side. So that's a badge of honour, Chris. Thank you for bringing that up. I greatly appreciate it. Up there with Pagan's Paddock. Yes. Um, all, my only memory from that game is Chris Grant kicking a goal from the boundary yes. line to like yes. basically win us the game or to give us the lead or something. That's my only memory from the game. Moving on from the 2000 grand final from the year 2000. Uh, while looking at the club's grand final wins, I was going to mention that 
impressively, throughout the Premiership history, there haven't actually been too many massive dry spells or droughts uh, without a flag, which the longest prior to 2000, um, the longest period between flags was only 19 years, which is actually pretty impressive for a club that's been around for over 100 years. Um, but then as I was thinking about that, I thought that, that is a bit of a touchy subject as uh, the club are very famously currently in a drought at this moment in time, uh, as it's been over 7,000 days or 19 years, however you want to calculate it, uh, since your last finals win. Now, that isn't just since a grand final win. That's since your last finals win of any sort. Now, coincidentally, your last finals win came in 2004, which was a five-point elimination final win over Melbourne. So, suck shit, Clarkie. Hey. I've won uh, a grand final since then, so. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm bulletproof now, baby. 2000 didn't happen for me. Um, so, rather than focusing... still happened, though. <laughs> rather than focusing on your, your failed finals campaign since then... Uh, I thought Thank it'd be you. good to look at some other notable events that happened around the world in 2004 to give a little bit of context as to just how long this drought has gone on for. So uh, in 2004, uh, George W. Bush was the president of the United States. Uh, <laughs> it was a great year for video games with uh, GTA San Andreas, Need for Speed Underground 2, Far Cry, World of Warcraft, Tony Hawk's Underground 2, and WWE SmackDown vs. Raw all being released. What a year for games. Oh. Chris, don't use video games against me. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Zuckerberg launched Facebook from his Harvard dorm room in the same year that you last won a finals game. Uh, iconic TV shows Friends and Frasier both aired their final episodes, which I think we're all more disappointed about Frasier than, than Friends. I- is it a sign that Frasier's back? Who knows? I'm watching it at the moment. Any- yeah. Any good? <laughs> uh, the new one, eh, but I'm rewatching the yeah. old. Yeah, Team Niles, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Green Day released the album American Idiot. Last time Essendon won a finals game. The Frasier's back. Green Day's an album coming out next year. It's all lighting up. Well, and also GTA San Andreas was released, which GTA Six has just been announced. So, but that's gonna be out to uh, 2025 when we win the flag. Yeah. Yeah, We don't support betting on this show, but everyone put money on it. <laughs> uh, sadly, Rodney Dangerfield, Marlon Brando, and Ray Charles all passed away. Um, I don't no. want to say that Essendon caused those deaths, but... We didn't st- you know. hey, I, I'll say it, we didn't stop them. <laughs> exactly. And uh, one little last mention is that the only teams... We have to sacrifice the people to win a final. <laughs> the only teams to have not won an AFL final since the year 2004 are Essendon and the Gold Coast, who have never won a final. Um, every Gold other Coast. team has won a final since 2004. So it just puts puts into context uh, just how long this current drought has been. I'm not an Essendon supporter, but what context? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a fucking See, long time. If you want to look at a very specific... A specific moment of time, <laughs> sure. But if you look at the whole picture, the whole tapestry that is the AFL, I don't know, 16 flags sounds pretty good to me. It does. And then if you look at the premiership drought, it's not as bad. It's what, like 23 yeah. years, basically. Yeah. I mean, Frio's never won. Gold Coast never won. Giants have never won. St. Kilda hasn't won since 66. Club. So, yeah. But Clarkie and I have. God, thank you for that, Chris. Hey, sometimes it's about falling to the finish, right, boys? I was rooting for both of your clubs on Grand Final Day. 
uh, when that happens. Yeah, I'll do that as well. So congratulations. Appreciate Thank that, you. Tom. I, c- I can't say the same thing for when I said make it. That's fine because Melbourne has given Essendon so, so you much. You gave us a flag in 2000. Yeah, but more importantly... <laughs> and Sam Wiedemann. Thank you. Yeah, but more importantly, 2016 round three, playing the babies, the literal babies. I thought we were going to lose every game that season. Thank you, I was in for taking that off the table. I was early. in Hiroshima at the time. Um, and I'm like, oh, no, this isn't a good omen being here. But I was listening <laughs> to that game at a shopping center and I almost cried. It was incredible. Um, that is one of the best wins I've ever seen. Yeah. 2016 was one of my favorite football seasons. And we won two games. Everyone was suspended. We weren't playing for points. It was just, there was no pressure. It was the last day of school. Yeah, it was just fun. Yeah. It was sorry, my day of the year. Sorry to derail, but yeah. <laughs> uh, now, after after taking that trip down memory lane, I will hand back over to Clarky for uh, everyone's favourite segment. We're doing yes, it. It's back. The <laughs> Falkenstein. The thing that I'm only allowed to pronounce correctly. <laughs> Jesse put it in my contract, listeners, so... Can I ask a question as the guest? Absolutely. What are your top three Falkenstein pronunciations? Don't Ooh. encourage him. He's going to be doing it for hours. <laughs> All right. That's <laughs> only got three. Number three, Falkenstein. Easy. That's tier A, absolutely. Number two, Falkenstein. You're a Falkenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't need you to say the same thing that my both of my parents said Hey-o. to me. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> number one, for Coniston. Yeah, that's that's an S tier pronunciation. That's it. Yeah, we're yeah. good. So, listeners, if you haven't listened to a Falcon's time before, why would this you? This is when we take. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been called that for two weeks. <laughs> Good point, Jesse. This is where we take the best parts of Essendon players, past or present, to create the ultimate Essendon player. Now, we break these down into sections. We got the head, which we class as vibes and hair. We got the body to represent the tackles, strength. We've got arms, marks and handballs, dexterous activities. We've got the legs, kicking and running endurance power and then we also have a section that i thought was originally going to be one thing but it turned out to be a modifier that could just be anything it can be whatever whatever you want it to be hey tim really broke the rules on this one at Essendon, we i blame jesse at Essendon, we want to make the perfect player we thought it'd add a little bit extra okay Let's bring a little bit of that sports msg on him i'm gonna bring in our special guest steven dank G'day, boys. <laughs> so, we'll start at the top. Who have we got for head? I think there's an obvious present player who I think probably fits a vibes and hair mold. I know you're, you're talking about big Sammy Draper. Correct. Um, he would be a fantastic one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw another one at you, though. Do it. Don't know if you'll know this guy. Um, has literally the head of... Everyone's primary school bully that looks like a thin straw-like blonde hair that's like plastered 
to the side of his head, veins bulging out of his face. Do you guys remember Paul Barnard? Yes, thank you. Yes. Yep. 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 I was also going to suggest yep. Paul Barnard. Yep. It's just a, a big scarecrow that's shirt has been stuffed with too much straw that has now gone mouldy in the sun. Oh, I absolutely hate this guy. <laughs> I have just Googled him. I've never met him. He's probably a fine family man. I hate this guy. <laughs> I, I feel like of all the clubs, Essendon has the most for the head category, the most options. Because I also strayed away went to Paul Barnard. You've also got Sammy Draper, as was mentioned earlier. Dyson Heppel. Like dreadlock era. Dre- dreadlock era. 2014 Dyson Heppel. Um, is it as much as a divisive figure? James Heard would be. Oh yeah, with the golden locks, hundred percent. And then, then just to throw a real, a real spanner in the works, Adam McPhee. Oh, God. Adam McPhee melted candle. I just want to throw in Peveril. Yeah, oh, Peveril. Damien, that's a real um, slide um, roller. Like, also, different Paul Barnard. Do any of you guys watch Futurama? Yes. Paul yep. Barnard looks like the What If episode where Bender becomes a human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. That's very good. Um, even people like, might be a bit old for you guys, but Peter Somerville, who had like, it's like a curly mullet, yes. the big Essendon Ruckman. We've got John Barnes, even. John Barnes. It's like with that, that long blonde hair. Um, I, I don't know. It's tough. This is this is a tough I, one. I, I, to I want to throw a bit of, bit of a curveball in here. Um, I, I'm, I'm taking a little bit of stock, more stock in this player than I have with the other ones. Obviously, are we making a player that is what Essendon represented, or are we making the player that we need today? Well, it's a little bit of both. Bit of both. Isn't it? We we need we we yearn for our successful past as Essendon. Because supporters. I'm thinking um, we need somebody with a bit more seriousness, like you said. You know, Zach Merritt vibes at the moment are really good. He takes the game a bit more serious. I think we need to go look back. We need somebody with a small little head who looks like he was in World War One, a little moustache. We need Albert Thurgood. <laughs> because I also imagine that his head's in black and white. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I like that. I mean, he won He won a few best and fairest. I think he won a couple of brown loads, didn't he? Oh, yeah. He was as well. That's so, a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Can we get Albert Thurgood with um, Heppel's dreadlocks? Yeah, can we mix some match 100% here? we can. I think, I think yeah, this, this game's going to get looser and looser. <laughs> yeah. until Jesse has made this looser and looser every week. I just want to point this when, out. When we eventually do West Coast, it's going to be at the molecular level. Okay? Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Albert Thurgood's face with... Um, who? Sorry, whose hair did you oh, say? Dyson Heppel's... Um, Dyson Heppel's dreadlock hair, but the, we must have Sean Denham's nose. Yeah, we'll allow it. I think I, we have the technology. For the longest Jordan. time as a kid, I thought his name was Stapleton because it looked like his nose had been stapled, on. stapled to his face. Um, Clark, are you madly typing up all this? I feel like we're at Starbucks yeah, with a um, order. Yeah. Can so we- I got here uh, white chocolate, <laughs> ice cream. Uh, uh, Albert Thurgood <laughs> with um, can we lose the hair but replace it with some Heppel dreads? Um, can we? Yeah, yeah. Can- and, uh, um, sorry, how many pumps of caramel uh, do you want? Just on one, but also staple on the nose at the end. Yeah, okay. Can we Easy. also just add in the forehead and eyes of Damien Peverell? You yes. know what, sure. Good. Who had a week off? That's a good-looking man. Let's make the technicians work. And by that, I mean Clarky's fingers. <laughs> Sorry, well, who was that, Chris? The forehead and eyes of Damien Peverell. 
But can Something we have no one has ever asked for? Can we have the replacement facial surgery of James Hurd? <laughs> <laughs> no, because that would cancel out the nose. Yeah, but it's under the skin. Okay, you know there's metal in there now. Okay. Oh, uh, he's gonna be, this play is going to be lumpy. Oh yeah, he's going to be lumpy. We haven't got to the torso yet. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of, of torso, tackles and strength. Uh, all right, I've got one for you. Tackling. Ben Howlett. Oh, good choice. Good, very good choice. One of, one of the best tacklers in an Essendon jumper I've ever seen. So, sometimes in a video game, when you're playing an RPG, you can pick a certain armor set but for the, for the looks of the aesthetics of it, and then you can put some skill modifiers from other armor sets onto it. Can we do that here? Can we have Howlett's tackling ferocity with, um, like... Rioli's current day body. He's a bit of a bigger lad now. I like it. He looks joyous. I want this to be like a real solid blur for guy. Yeah. You'll I like, like that. that. Yeah. What about just gonna throw this one out there. What about the tackling of Anthony McDonald tipping Woody? Ooh, okay. It's like the excitement versus the meat and potatoes. Mm. That's what we're debating here. If you wanted a bit of both, we go the tackling of, of Michael Long, Essendon mm, Legend, okay. who could chase you down from 100 metres away and really put the hurt on. How about, yeah, I like that. Uh, I'm a fan of, I mean, obviously a fan of Longy, but also Tipper's, Tipper gets that bonus for his centre of gravity being close to the centre of the earth. Yeah. Like he's yes. just a squat man. Yeah. So who we. All right, let's go with AMT. I, I AMT? like that suggestion. Yep. In a little, you know, a little bit of honour. In his final retirement yes. season. I, feel, I just feel like his tackling was just like an X factor. When he tackled someone, he almost killed them. Yeah, so, absolutely. So what are we going with the final answer for that? Just AMT. I don't think we need any All modifiers need. on him. As good as you'll see. He actually automatically gets the playing footy modifier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, achieve- yeah. the achievement just popped up in the Xbox. Unlocked. Yeah. Playing yeah. footy thing just popped up. <laughs> All right, now we've got um, arms. Um, so that's marks and handballs. I think we're going to go Fletch. Yeah, uh, Hobie, uh, our, our little Hobie Watson. Joe Watson was an excellent handball. Oh, yeah. As well. I was actually thinking about uh, Joe for just like strength because he, he was a bit of a, a brute. He's a brute, yeah. We could do one left arm, one right arm. <laughs> Ooh, like Can you tell that. me which is which just when you do it? <laughs> okay, I think Joe will yeah, be right, right arm. And uh, Fletch is left. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I like mean that. obviously. No. <laughs> do we go something? So we're saying it's marking as well, though, right? Do we go? Do we do something crazy and give marking to Gary Moorcroft? Ooh. So it's Joe Watson's right arm and Dustin Fletcher's left arm, but they're controlled by. They have the, <laughs> the, man on the arm field. vibes of Gary Moorcroft. <laughs> yeah, arm vibes from the mark that literally ruined his career. Yeah, didn't it screw his back or something? So he's a glass cannon. He yeah. can only take one, one mark. mark. What a mark. That's it. But it's a yeah. hell of a mark. I, I was at that <laughs> game. It was against us. Oh, wow. He, he took it on Brad Johnson, I'm pretty sure. Um, and I remember I was... What year was it? It was like 2001, 2002? I think it was like two. Um, something I remember like it was, yeah. it was the first year that Colonial Stadium was open, which is now Marvel Stadium. Um, and I remember I would have been probably like 11. And yeah, I was at the game with my cousins, and I, I I have this vivid memory of everyone just losing their minds, 
And even my cousin, who was who's a bulldog supporter, like calling someone at quarter time and saying, "I just witnessed the greatest <laughs> mark you've ever seen." <laughs> how about okay? How about for one of <clears throat> one of the many special abilities, we have Gary Moorcroft bracket glass cannon attack. Okay, you can do it once, and you have to recover for years, but you're gonna be on a lot of posters. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, it's like divine divine intervention. Yeah. It's like divine intervention in Baldur's Gate. Yeah. You can use it once. That's it. You break it, break it out when you absolutely need it, and then it's done. And for what it. legs? Uh, kicking and running. Might I suggest Zaharakis? Yeah. Yep. Just the one. Um, be quite harsh yeah. to little David here, but just the one moment. Um, can we have uh, David Zaharakis plumbing <laughs> ability? Uh, if yes. You, I think also it's a <laughs> May have just made that up. <laughs> Sorry, David. <laughs> <laughs> he's listening to it now. He's like, I'm a sparky. Um, <laughs> it is a good shout because he has that, like that Collingwood game. Um, I was, I was messaging your former guest uh, during that game, um, and that was a hell of a time to be alive. I've got one for you though as well. Scott Lucas is a thank left you. Egg. I was going to say I'm Scott Lucas. Waiting as well. for Scott Lucas's name yeah. to drop. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Yep. I, you got to go with him. Yeah. I I think we go with his left. But then there's also, there's a pretty big award named after a uh, certain little lesson and player that revolutionized the game. The uh, the Coleman Medal. Plus, we've also got so go with John um, a certain goalkeeper named Matthew Lloyd. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of legs, you were saying uh, that Paul Summer had a massive penis before. So He did. Yep. Do we go with the centaur? <laughs> we go with him. He was a bit wayward though. So I don't know if he's swinging left or right. His you. dick hung like a Joe Danaher kick. <laughs> <laughs> Out of bounds. Uh, I think we've got some good... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Modifier of Paul Salmon's penis. Oh, yeah, it's got to be... <laughs> um, oh, God. I don't know. I'm happy to leave this one up to you, Jesse, to choose the legs. Okay, Chris and Clarky, can our player have three legs? No. Sure. Oh, Chris! Chris has brought up a good argument, I'm sure. Yeah, Chris also thinks. <laughs> Chris also has some other opinions, Jesse. That you might not want to tie. You might not want to yeah. hit. You, you might not want to hit your horse to that. Because one. also, we have to remember that Melbourne lost Essendon, so I don't think you get a vote in this one. So I think the place should have three. <laughs> I don't know. I got to side with Clarky here. I think after seeing, after hearing some of those those Chris takes from earlier, I don't know if we can trust him. Right, and as we know, Jesse, the guest vote counts for double. Okay, because I think I feel like we, are, we are making a bit of an RPG character here. We have to have uh, a Coleman leg, a Lucas leg, and then we have to have, as a special ability, Lloydie's Velvet Sniper. Okay? The ability to take out one player per game. Yes. The Velvet Sledgehammer. Okay. Yes, I love that. Yeah. What I call the Velvet okay, Sniper, I'm going to use the Coleman Sniper. Yeah, the Velvet Sledgehammer. Um, you can take out one player per team. Uh, sorry, per game? Oh, actually, that reminds me. That's who it was who started the uh, the Bombers Change the Logo room. It was Matty Lloyd. Nah, Set it on a commentary show. Yeah. What a pundit he is. <laughs> Velvet Sledgehammer cancels like He got out. me with Velvet Sledgehammer. Just as a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> so, so just for like, so we've got Scott Lucas and Colm. When one of our 20, 20 draftees uh, was drafted, the night he was drafted, he scrubbed his Instagram account because... The first video uh, on there was him absolutely hammered, drinking shots of something, 
and just constantly screaming, I'm the loosest cunt in Portsy. So I would like <laughs> to propose that we have the loosest cunts in Portsy modifier added to us. And we can bust it out whenever we just need, you know, a few drinks to to ease the pain of losing again. Which player was it? Um, Dick Reynolds. Are we allowed to say? We yeah, that's say fine. The... Say, I mean, say it and I will be I'll yeah. it out. We have the technology. <laughs> it, it was <laughs> yes. out of those three. It was always going to be. Yes. yes. Uh, of the club. So, yeah. Um, and he, like, it was immediately scrubbed. It was immediately scrubbed. Stop saying his name. I can stop beeping like things. Clock. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's I fine. I want to start chanting his name. I won't do that, though. That's fine. I, I have another modifier suggestion. Keep him coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stick with me here. Modifier of Thymosin Beta 4. Prove that, that we, we took it, it Chris. <laughs> if you can, Chris, Look if you did. can prove it. Look what you did, Chris. If you can prove it, we'll put it in the club, okay? Yeah, I just want to point out there are many different types of thymosin. <laughs> well, with a lot of time. Some of them aren't banned. You. Preach. <laughs> now, this play is going to be made an off-site centre, um, which is one of the reasons that David Zaharakis can't be involved with this, but we're going to be <laughs> off-site, okay? And let's not ask questions. <laughs> is, it, um, does Joe, is it Joe Watson who owns a turtle? What? Was he Sorry. was he the one who on commentary he was talking about he was looking after his mate's turtle? Some of that was that Joe Watson. I have no uh, it I sounds this? It, it kind of sounds like this. I've saying, never heard did this I invent this? So are you saying our place should have a familiar? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, even if it's even if you just invented it, I really want that as a modifier. I just like that there was no segue into that, Clark. You just came up with is it Joe Watson just... as a turtle? Yeah, wait, that was, sorry. The intrusive Co- thought was. Kind of expecting Tom and I to be like, yes, his name's Simon. He's had him for four years. He's actually a European turtle. What did you want to no, I just. I swear I, heard, I he was talking to someone on commentary once. And just kind of dropped it in, like, oh, I'm house sitting for someone, and they've got a turtle. If we can make um, a Falcon Falcon scene, and we could somehow get Clarky's intrusive thoughts with Chris not being able to finish the story, <laughs> oh, we played at Windy Hill, and we put them together, <laughs> we'd have a sentence going, baby. <laughs> we played at Windy Hill. A turtle was the umpire. <laughs> what, what kind of dumb shit is this, Jesse? That that universe exists now. That's what the Falcon is. <laughs> You're experiencing it, baby. No. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I've, I do apologize for that. My do we have any more modifiers? <laughs> good. Well, can we can we have that as yeah. a modifier? Clark, yeah, Joe Watson. Joe Watson's Watson's is stuff. Perfect. Have <laughs> you given up on the modifiers? That's where his brownlow really is in the turtle shell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we have. I'll read this out. We have the. Face, the, the, the head of Albert Thurgood and the moustache, assuming. We have uh, Heppel's dreadlocks, dreadlock era Heppel, of course. We have, um, who, sorry, whose nose do we have? Sean, Sean Denham. Denham. I have Sean Denham's nose, but Damien Peverell's forehead and eyes. Thanks, Chris. Um, <laughs> AMT is playing footy. Okay, just one answer there because, you know, we're playing silly buggers here. Joe Watson's right arm, Dustin Fletcher's left arm, Coleman's right leg, Scotty Lucas's left leg, and modifiers, of course. A one-time use of Gary Moorcroft mark modifier, the glass cannon. Uh, we have the velvet sledgehammer, the ability to take out one opponent per game. We have Lucas Cunts and Portsy, dedicated to our good friend, 
and uh, Job Totten Turtle or whatever. <laughs> no one's beating that. No one's and beating we also, that. And we also have the modifier of uh, redacted, but we won't go into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, listeners, if if you know if Joe Watson has a turtle or whatever, can you can you just let me know? Like, I don't. You don't have to. Engage with the engage with the show because that's good if, for the show. But just message me, like my DMs are okay. open. Like, just let me know if he has a turtle. If we can get somebody to send us a picture of Joe Watson's turtle with a name, preferably because we'd like to have a mascot for the show, obviously. Please send it to uh, the Fa- the Falcon Pod on Twitter to at, <laughs> to at Larry on the at the Falcon Pod on Twitter <laughs> yeah. and Instagram. Send it through to us. We need this turtle. I want to send it money. Yeah, either that, or if we can track down, if we can track down Tom's <laughs> Mark McCurry jersey, that that would be a better use of everyone's Joe time. Joe Watson, I have recently bought a three D printer. If you send us a picture of your turtle and its name, I will make a little crown for it. All right, I like that. Done. Yeah. So we've come we've come to the end of the Falcon this time. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Oh my god, baby. Oh uh, yeah, you got him on no, a fire. No, what what else go. you got? I swear to God, Dyson Heppel's llama. <laughs> you forgot Paul Salmon's so in penis. <laughs> so did Tom. <laughs> did yeah. Until until tonight, <laughs> yeah, he's uncovered. There was a. It's been a real dick heavy night, so I'll just say this as well. Speaking of heavy dick, the, have a Paul Salmon's massive dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy in charge of Asada went during the whole saga. His name was Richard Ings, right? So he was Dick, dick Ings. Ings. So he was just constantly dicking Essendon, mm. basically, the entire time. Got so, him. That should be one of the modifiers as well. Pun names. Tom, yes. Tom, when when you said it's been a dick-heavy night, was that a reflection of us or...? Paul Sam. Yes, absolutely. This is Crimson Porty. Yeah. Did you not hear <laughs> the modifier? <laughs> I, put a, I put a turtle or whatever on there. <laughs> but as we always like to ask our guests, Tom... And Jesse in this occasion, actually. What do Essendon have to do in 2024 to win the premiership? So much. Um, but uh, immediately thinking, improve around the ground defense, um, which, to be fair, Brattles has been doing, uh, which is really good. We've got a lot more buy-in from players. Um, we need someone to uh, take a mark on the wing, um, which hopefully Nate Caddy will be able to help with if he gets on the park. Same with Harry Jones. Um, so there's that. We also need a little bit more X factor within the forward 50. Um, but I think that the big thing for Essendon is seeing those kids continually improve. I'm talking about the loosest cunt in Portsy. I'm talking about <laughs> Ben Hobbs. I'm talking about getting Nick Cox on the park, preferably down back. Um, back Zach Reed. Reed as well from that, yeah, from that 2020 class, uh, who just has had horrible, horrible luck. Um, the sooner we can, I I love these players, but the sooner we can move Dyson Heppel off, sooner Jaden Laverde isn't the first or second tall, uh, which which he won't be now with with Ben Mackay down there as well. But um, the sooner we can free up people like Ridley to play that best and fairest winning intercept role that he plays so well, um, the sooner we rely less on on a Darcy Parish and Zach Merritt, the, the better. Um, so it's really for me, it's those kids. Continuing to improve, hopefully we've created an environment where we can actually develop them now because for a long time we couldn't develop our kids. Um, so that that would be it for me. If we were to miraculously win 2024 20, flag, 
I'd eat my hat, but also um, it would it would come down to those things. I think. Now, Tom, what are yeah. your what are your thoughts on Xavier Dozma? <sighs> trick question. Yes. I, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think he's fantastic, and if he helps us get Zane Dozma, yeah, he's great. Then um, you're two thirds of the way to all the Dozmas. Exactly. Well, Sorry, the, you're halfway to all the Dozmas. Yeah. And trade Ben Mackay well, back next to year. Zane Dozma. I don't really want to trade with North. Yeah, we've, we've, we've got enough North um, stuff now. We're fine. <laughs> We're out of cap. Unless we get an LDU or, or something wants to come over, sure. But let's, yeah. let's just leave yeah. it for now. Bit of a great yeah. period. Um, but no, like, honestly, I think if he can get back to that first kind of 18 months that he had, fantastic. They were playing him out of position a lot. So we we need we needed a third winger. We've got, you know, the Sam Duran, uh, Nick Martin uh, combo, which is fantastic. But we needed someone to rotate through there. Um, Port were asking him to, to sacrifice his game a lot um, and be that defensive-sided uh, kind of player, which he's not. So, you know what? Honestly, it was all about this offseason. For, for me, what I thought we needed was building depth, um, and, we, and we've done that really well. So... Yeah, a lot of people were like, well, you got two wingmen. Why do you need a third it's like, to have depth? You you don't want to just put the two same players on every time. It needs to be the best two at the time. I want, like, a player like, you mentioned Sam Duran before. He's the type of player who's going to fight tooth and nail for his spot. So I want to see him go to the next level to keep that spot. Um, I, I'm i actually a really big fan of our recruitment over the over the, the period. Um, and look... No, no one player is just going to miraculously win us a flag, but like Ben McKay means Laverde is not playing that second tall anymore, which it kind of opens up the rest of our players a fair bit. So he isn't like the the player who's going to win us the game, but he's giving other players a chance to be that. Uh, and then like you know, even like Goldie, yeah, he's eighty four years old, but we kind of need him because Draper's body's made of glass at the moment, and Nick Bryan's very young. Exactly, and he, like what a coach, what a player to have, kind of like Absolutely. guide you on your yeah. on your career. If there's one thing Essendon fans can always take away is that we're back to back to back to back to back to back off season yes. champs. So and we've done it again, baby. So hmm. and isn't, at the end of the day, isn't that the real flag? The friends we made along the way. We're going to miss Adrian Dodoro. The real flag is the Wizard Home Loans Cup. Or the answer, Australia Cup, which they won in the same year that they won the grand final. Which also, 93, which is also Gavin Wanganeen's Brownlow medal year. So, what a time to be alive. I won't miss Adrian Dodoro's Muppet-looking face. <laughs> None of us will, mate. None he looks like, you know you know when the Muppets, right, like they, they sort of like tuck their chin like over their mouth? I feel like, yeah, yeah, like they tuck it in like when they get like real like upset or something. Dodoro looks like his face could do that. <laughs> And it upsets me every time I look at him. And with that, well, we'll open it up to Tom. Guess ruined, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get him on the top free mantle. Yeah. Well, look, yeah. it's fine. We'll get Damon instead. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk about the dongs that you've seen and the, the grand finals that you've won. Um, I'm glad that that's what we took away from it. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you have anything that you want to speak for the listeners? Are you working on anything? Do you want people no. to find you on social media? If you don't want them um, to find you, you have to ask very clearly, please don't find me, otherwise they will. You can find me in the bottom of the bin 
all of my social media accounts don't have a photo of me and they're all on private. So Smart. I popped, I popped, I popped out of the bin just to speak to you guys tonight. Um, but what we honestly, do. we get real so, people. Yeah. <laughs> so I say thank you. It's been a real pleasure. It's um, not often you get to to talk uh, to to fellow kind of passionate footy fans, and I think you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. I mean, thank you for one, but also you're you're right. In our football draft group, we normally talk about film, so yeah, you don't often get yeah. a chance to talk about football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, even uh, I believe the person you're having on for Hawthorne uh, has been messaging me all day about films rather than than footy. But yeah, anyway. that's good. I'd rather talk about films than Hawthorne. <laughs> just, wait, <laughs> just wait till you have yep. him on. No, <laughs> Who also, what... by the way, you can reference this. He's related to the A-listed friend of the Falcon podcast that I mentioned at the Witten Oval about two hours ago. Yeah, I, I knew so, who it was when you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. A great man. Great man. Fantastic. A great man, yes. yes. This is a anyway, mystery yes. for me because I met all of you in that group chat. <laughs> I'm meeting a lot of you for the first time. This is great podcast Listen, content. Listen, if you want to know who we're talking about, find us that fucking turtle, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Find that turtle. You do it. Uh, and I... Yeah, I just want to apologize as well. I think I've talked way too much time. No, so. we want you to talk as much as possible. It's point. always a pleasure to hear stories from people who have experienced more interesting things than we have. It's content, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we love you. Thank you so much. As always, you can find the Falcon across Twitter and Instagram at Falcon Footy Pod. We use Falcon Footy Pod for all of our important social media. You can also find us individually. Chris is at Larry underscore 16. Hey. Jesse is at Jesse Spanner. And I'm at Quantum JC. So we're part of the Story Mode Podcast Network, so you can also check out our sister shows like Love Letters yes. or Dialogue Options. Yes, that as well. Talk about video games over there. Yeah. Um, Love Letters taking a few weeks off because I've lost my voice, but we're doing some end of year kind of um, game of the year, movie of the year, TV show of the year content, which will be quite cool. And um, I think Dialogue Options boys are doing a big old episode this week about the Game Awards and that GTA trailer, which looks very good. It's a crazy taxi all the time, baby. That's what I want to hear about. Hey, 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 let's crazy taxi. Let's get out of here, guys. (laughs) See ya. The loosest content in Portsea.